Hello all, welcome to another episode of Orthodontics in Summary. Today we're looking at Dr. Claudio and Roberto Stradi's lecture entitled The Use of Technology in Orthodontics. Dr. Claudio started off by describing how technology has resulted in three new appliances for us, that of aligners, indirect bonding for label appliances and lingual appliances. She starts off by looking at aligners and Dr. Papa Dimitro's systematic review from 2018. This review stated that aligners are predictable for mild to moderate crowding cases, but anything more complex, movements become unpredictable. Now, Dr. Claudia isolated three aspects which result in this lack of predictability. The first is manufacturing, actually features quite low on the chain of things, with only 0.mm variances. The second is the forced delivery. Now, the forced delivery has two sides, that of thermoforming forces, which reduce as time goes on. Something similar to force decay and how we describe elastomeric, elastomeric chain. Initially, forces are quite high for aligners, which reduce quite quickly. The second is the variability in the thickness of the aligner. Due to the manufacturing process, the stretching of the material means that it is uneven at different aspects. Consequently, the force that's applied is going to vary as well. And the third is anatomy. So going back to Dr. Papa Dimitro's systematic review, we know that rounded teeth such as canine teeth or cuspid teeth are less likely to move with aligners due to their rounded nature. Now is there a solution to this as a process? Well yes there is. The size of attachments can be increased and orientated in the direction of the tooth movement that's required. We can stage the tooth movements i.e. we can have the anterior-posterior movement first, then followed by the vertical change. And the third was to slow down our treatments. What was interesting is Dr. Claudia also spoke about the activation of the aligner, i.e. the amount it gets taken in and taken out, and she described how this changes the force as time goes on. So the activation or the removal of the aligners should be as minimal as possible, and there shouldn't be any activation in the aligner force itself greater than 1.2 degrees things we can do from a manufacturing process, well these are things that we're still on the cusp of understanding and utilising. The first is having actual root information to guide the, t the forces on the aligner. The second is to harness the thermoforming forces so we have a consistent force delivery. The third is to calculate the actual force required to have that tooth movement take place and ensure that's being delivered by the aligner itself. She then went on to speak, speak about indirect label appliances. Now the total error associated with this process can be quite staggering at 1.3 millimetres. Now she broke this down and the majority of that process comes from the actual cementation of the indirect bracket. That of the bracket placement in the indirect tray and the scanning are less than 0.1 millimetre in their effects. She then went on to speak about arch wires which are bent robotically and how they can have an error of up to 1 millimetre as well. Now, in the clinical trials that have looked at the use of indirect bonding for label appliances versus conventional, there was a, there was a study carried out by Alfred which is in the, in the references. Now this study showed that using sure smile it was well received. We know that it shortens treatment by up to seven months, but the key component is the occlusal outcomes, and they found that the outcomes were better with conventional appliances with manual bending than they were using indirect bonding. Indirect bonding suffered the most in the second order or in the tips, tipping forces of teeth. 
She also described how indirect bonding will never succeed when it comes to labial appliances, and the key issue that they have is the morphology of the teeth, specifically the upper two to two and how the study by Mithak in 1999 demonstrated that manual wire bending is required to achieve an ideal outcome for appliances. The lecture then turned and it was Dr Roberto Stradi's turn to talk about lingual appliances. He spoke about the advances in lingual appliances and their predictability. Now here he looked at a study carried out by Prof in 2011 which actually demonstrated the accuracy of case setups to the clinical outcomes to be exceptionally high for lingual appliances. The variances were up to four degrees and were less than a millimetre for the majority of teeth apart from the second molars. Now lingual appliances aren't all rosy. He described how the second order can be affected due to lack of torque and this is due to the position of the bracket and the thickness of the bracket and the lingual aspect. He described a finite analysis carried by Luang in 2009. It looked at labial and lingual appliances and discrepancies in torque. Very interestingly for labial appliances, discrepancies in torque result in translation, i.e. anterior-posterior movement of the tooth. Whereas for lingual appliances, there's a significant retroclination that takes place. And in this study, they concluded that lingual appliances are more likely to lose control of torque than labial appliances. He described the predictability associated with lingual appliances when it comes to bonding due to the large brackets and customizable bracket pads to avert any occlusal discrepancy. That's it for today's orthodontics in summary. Please do subscribe and look forward to the next episode.